0: Amen. It's it's amazing. It's awesome. It's incredible. We got all kinds of words, but really, it should be kind of like when we get together. And let me just just be a pastor here for a second. When we all get together, all different colors, all different upbringings. Many of you speak a second language. Some a third language. When we all get together, some like southern gospel, and some like. Um, yes, I'm gonna I, I, some of y'all like like black gospel. I was hesitating on whether I should say that or not, but y'all know what I mean. Some of you like rap, some of you like, you know, uh, all kinds of great music. We all got different brands that we like. We all got different things that we like. Some people are PC and some people are apostolic. I'm not, look, I'm not busting on you. I'm just saying, when we all get together and the focus gets off of us and it gets on Him, we start to experience what heaven's going to be like. Because the scripture says that every kindred, every tongue, every nation, every people, every tribe is going to be gathered together. And they're going to be giving glory and honor to the king of kings. And so when we start that right now, and we do that right here, the presence of God comes here. And it's heaven on earth for everyone that's in the presence of the king. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching before my preaching. Let me get into the preaching. I'll make it quick, okay? Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, we'll pick up at verse 13. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, and uh, I want to say thank you to everyone watching us online. Thank you for all of those of you that made your way here today. Amen. God bless you. Uh, can Can I just brag for just a moment, just one moment as we get into this? Everybody that helped out with our events this weekend, would you just wave your hand? Look at that. All of our people that, have, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. We had so much fun and we, I'm telling you, we made some great connections. It was awesome. And these people that just waved their hand, they gave up some family get togethers. They gave up some parties with their co-workers and some, uh, you know, my son gave up a basketball game. They, they gave up these things in order to serve people in our community and the people that are around. So thank you so much. Amen. I, I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for serving. Amen. Jessica and all of our leaders that uh, were over each, each area. Amen. Sister Dummett and Vanessa and uh, Michelle, uh, Shelly, I almost said Tobias. And uh, Lindsay and Christy, thank you so much. All these people worked so hard uh, to make everything go. Amen. I I wish we could give you all big gift cards. But we gave all the gift cards to all of our guests. So thank you so much. Thank you for coming and being a part. Amen. It was awesome. If you missed it this year, don't miss it. Uh, We'll be making some plans for next year. Uh, it, It seems like... A busy time to do something. But do you know what? There's a lot of people thinking about Jesus at Christmas. Amen. So it's a perfect time. So thank you for being a part of that and thank you for supporting it. Amen. And we are we 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 just we just love to do things to encourage people to know Jesus. Amen. That's what this church loves to do because love is the answer. And we want to introduce them to the love of their life. Well, all right, I'm going to preach. Matthew chapter 2, let's begin reading at verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And He rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Look at verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. He sent and he killed all the male children in Bethlehem. And in all that region, who were two two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that was what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you for the next few moments on this very simple subject, the miracle of Christmas, the miracle of Christmas. And and I know most of you are thinking you already know what the miracle of Christmas is. It's the virgin birth. And you're only partially right because that's only part of it. Miracle of Christmas is that no matter how hard he tried, Herod could not halt the plans of God. I want, to just, I want to just help somebody here today. I want you to go out of this place and into all of your wonderful family and friend gatherings in the next few days with this in mind. No matter what the devil tries, he can never outsmart God. No matter how hard he pushes, he will never be greater and he will never be wiser than our God. Lord Jesus, we ask You to speak through Your Word today. We pray, God, that You would move in a mighty way in Your people. And God, we want You to have Your way in this place as we tune in to what You are saying through Your Word to our spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Man, you may be seated. This miracle of Christmas, I know we think of the virgin birth as being very important, and it is very important, and it is amazing, and it is like... In many ways, it's unbelievable, but I think even greater than the miracle of the virgin birth is the miracle that even though He appeared to humanity as a helpless baby, He was God Almighty. He was working out His grand purpose on the earth to bring us back into relationship with Him. I think the greatest miracle of all is that God would become one of us long time ago, somebody wrote the song, and it, if you hear it, it sticks in your head, and it's just it almost gets annoying, and I'm going to date myself here. But the song said, what if God was one of us? Just a slob like one of us. Well, I don't know that he was a slob, but he was one of us. Amen. God's plan to bring grace and mercy to humanity by becoming a human. (laughs) Wow. Just the fact that he even became human is amazing. But then all of the odds were stacked against him. That dude was literally born in a barn. His parents weren't even married yet. Oh, I'm touching on some touchy subjects right now. The government was out to get him. Well, Can I let, let me not be political, but let me let me say for those of you that think the government's out to get you. Do you know that we are commanded by scripture to pray for those in authority? Well, I don't like President Trump. I didn't read where that was part of the deal. I didn't read where the Bible said, only pray for the ones you like. Because if that's the case, some of y'all would be in trouble. Because you ain't like none of them for the last several years. You think all politicians are evil. And maybe they are. But guess what the Bible says? Pray for them. So, the next time you feel like posting something on your social media about something going on in the government or in the world, ask yourself Have I prayed before I posted? I am so sick of political posts right now. I am so sick of hearing all the rhetoric and all the junk that's going on in our world. And can I tell you, this is what some people get worried about? They get afraid, they get nervous, and and it's impeach and, and indict and this and that and the other. We got all this stuff going on in our world. Can I tell you, if Herod couldn't stop Jesus. I wish y'all could. You, you, you think I'm being political. I'm not. But Trump can't stop Jesus. The House can't stop Jesus. The Senate can't stop Jesus. The Prime Minister of another country can't stop Jesus. Come on, somebody. Obama can't stop Jesus. Can I just hit on everybody? Clinton couldn't stop Jesus. Bush couldn't stop. Can I just call them all out? Ain't none of them can stop Jesus. Herod said, I'm going to take him out. <laughs> I'm going to take him out because he thinks he's going to be the king, but I'm going to take him out. But nothing could stop Jesus. Nothing could stop his plan. That's the miracle of Christmas. Not that the, the baby was born, but that the baby survived. <laughs> Nothing could stop Jesus. And in some of our lives, we get nervous because we look around and we see unpaid bills and we see broken relationships and we see messed up situations in our life and we see loss of jobs and we see cancers that we can't cure and we see all these things and we start to think in our mind, maybe this is the one that's going to derail Jesus. Maybe this is the one. I know God can do a lot of things, but I don't know if He can do this. Amen. And some of us, we live our whole lives, we're worried, we're anxious, we're nervous, and we can't stop pacing. We, we lose sleep at night, and, and we do everything that we can just to get through the next day because we don't have any peace. But Jesus was the one who was supposed to bring peace on earth. Amen. And the only way that you have peace on earth is if you are constantly in the presence of the Great One. If you are constantly in the presence of the King and you live in heaven on earth and you know, hey, He is bigger than any situation. He's bigger than any cancer. He's bigger than any financial issue. He's bigger than any broken relationship. Jesus is bigger. But I don't think you understand, Pastor. I don't think you get my situation. First of all, I'm a nobody. Well, Jesus was born to nobodies. He, he lived like a nobody. He, he was not socially acceptable. Is that okay? Some of you, you're like, well, I'm okay. You know, financially, I'm all right. And, you know, But socially, nobody likes me. I'm socially awkward. Well, I think Jesus was too. I mean, I kind of see that in the scripture. Uh, you, You find that there's not a whole lot about Jesus' early life, but you do see enough about Jesus' life to understand that socially, Jesus was probably not the most popular person. Even when he was popular, he wasn't popular. Politically, we get worried because we look around at the political culture and there's such division there's, there's, you know, you got people saying we're headed for another civil war. And you've you got some people that say, man, this is just, uh, this is awful. Uh, some people are saying, get rid of the president. Some people are saying, don't get rid of the president. You got all kinds of people. Last I heard, uh, this is just going to I don't know if it's still this way, so don't quote me on this fact, but the last I heard this week, there are 47% of Americans that think that the president should be impeached and 47% of Americans that don't think he should. You think we're not split in half. I'm just. I'm not saying that, uh, that, that, that we don't have issues. I'm not saying that we don't have problems. But I'm saying that when we get our focus on all those things and we're thinking about all the things that are wrong or that are not going well or that could be going better and you get frustrated. You know, somebody was getting mad the other day. I, I saw somebody uh, and they were saying something about Chick-fil-A. Oh, I know, don't step on your Chick-fil-A, I get you, you know, got your sweet tea and your waffle fries and your your chicken sandwich, and some of y'all are getting hungry, you can't get it today anyways, they closed today, (laughs) somebody was saying something, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'm kind of watching to see. I I do know that they quit uh, supporting the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I do know that they quit supporting Salvation Army. I I do know that they have started supporting uh, another uh, committee, uh, another group that I probably wouldn't support. I I understand that they've done some things. And I I realize that there's some angst right now in the Christian world uh, uh, against Chick-fil-A. So, yeah, I'll go to Popeye's a little bit more. Yeah, I will. I mean, it's fine. I might hit, hit B-dubs and grab a chicken sandwich there. <laughs> but <laughs> are y'all all right? <laughs> Man, some of y'all just look at me like I lost my mind. My wife's grandfather used to say, preachers love fried chicken. I, I, I'm a stereotype. What can I say? Anyways, back to the word. It doesn't matter what's going on in our world. Good things are going to happen and bad things are going to happen. We're going to see some, some victories. We're going to see some trials. We're going to see some defeats. We're going to see some things that make us scratch our head and say, why are they doing that? What is going on here? How could somebody that you know, uh, has their right mind do something that foolish? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. But no matter what it looks like, no matter what it looks like, God is in control. No matter how it appears, the miracle is that even though it may appear as a helpless baby, it's really a miracle that God became flesh. And let's go a little further because the scripture tells us that the wise men, they found Jesus, they gave him their gifts, they worshiped him, and Herod even kind of said he wanted to worship him. We know that that wasn't the case. He was really trying to do away with him. But you might face difficult circumstances. You might even face evil in your life that comes against you. But I've got to tell somebody here, rest assured, some of those things may hurt the body, but they cannot touch your soul. Amen. There may be some things that you have to go through physically. You may have to go through some things emotionally. You may not like certain things politically. Amen. But God is in control. If He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords in your life, nothing can touch your soul. Amen. Christmas is the time we come together with our families. Amen. And please, Continue to remember and pray for our military uh, servicemen and women that are not able to be with their families because they're deployed at this time. Remember them, pray for them, encourage them if you know them. Amen. But we, we come together during the holidays. We come together at Christmas time and most of us, uh, it should be a release of our troubles and, and we're going to celebrate a joyous time together. But what do you do when Christmas isn't Joyful. What do you do when you come together and and just getting together with family brings more hurt than it does happiness? I wish you would just take just a moment today. I know some of you, you're looking forward to this week and uh, somebody said to me this week, they said, I'm looking forward to this Christmas more than any other Christmas I've ever looked forward to. I said, well, that's a that's a nice way to put it. But we've got to understand that not everybody feels that way. Not everybody is is... is is, is good right now. Everything may not be going as well uh, as it should be in their life. And so today, I want us just to be encouraged. I want us to be reminded that God is in control. And the miracle of Christmas is that if God has a purpose and a plan for your life, there ain't nothing that the devil can do. There is nothing the devil can do. The scripture says nothing can separate us from the love of God—not death or uh, despair or or you know peril or sword or nakedness. None of these things. None of these things can separate us, right, from the love of God. Isn't that what it says in Romans? But here's the kicker: we have to make up our minds that we're going to stay in His hand. We have to make up our mind that we won't separate ourselves from the love of God when things look bad. What can separate us from the love of God? Eh, nothing. But you can. You can say, you know what? I've had enough. <laughs> Life is just too crazy right now. Life is just too bad. I've got too much on my plate. I've got too many bad situations coming at me. I've got too many people against me. I've got so much going on. Look, your boss can fire you. The the lawyer can give you bad news. The doctor can give you bad news. But I'm going to tell somebody today, I'm just going to speak right into your life. Nothing can stop God's plan for your life except for you. If you'll be sensitive to God, if you'll listen to him, Joseph had to have a dream to go to Egypt. Then Joseph had another dream, amen, not to go back to Judea. So we got to understand God will speak to us if we will listen to him. But do you know what some of us do? Let's just be frank. Somebody said, "Uh, can you be frank with me? And I said, I'd have to change my name. But yes, I could. Sorry, dad jokes. Dad jokes. (laughs) I'm I'm really sorry. That was in very poor taste. I don't even remember what I was talking about. Now that's how bad it was. Amen. What? Joseph had a dream. God can speak to you. Here's the deal. When we are listening to God, He will speak to us. But some of us, we allow what we want to come in to our lives. We we push so hard for what we want, what we've got to have, what we feel like we need, and we don't even take into consideration what does God want for my life. So what happens, uh, I mean, you know this, I'm just going to kind of ask it as a rhetorical question. What happens when we put what we want above what we know God wants for our life? What happens? Sin. Sin. I know I shouldn't have the fruit but I want it. I I know I was told not to eat of the fruit, but I'm gonna. And maybe God will just forgive me. And too many times, it's not that God's not reaching for us. It's not that God doesn't love us or that God is not near us. It's that we make choices that kind of kick him out of our life. And so, all the while, we we need to be moving closer to Him. We need to be coming what He wants us to be. We can't even hear Him anymore because we've allowed sin to come in. Well, do you know, some of you are like, really, Pastor, why do you have to talk about sin at Christmas time? I mean, can't you wait until Easter for that one? Like... I'm good with Jesus being the king at Easter and at Christmas, but he's a different kind of king at Easter and a, a different. Man. Whew. Thank you all for paying attention. I've never had so much attention paid the, the Sunday before Christmas. I just want you all to know I really, truly appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm amazed. And for those of you that are taking a nap, I forgive you. It's okay. I'm not mad. I'm tired, too. Surely she just flew all the way here from Texas. Here she is. She's battling to keep her eyes open. And she's like, really? Did he just call me out? Absolutely, because I know you. But we've got to deal with, this is why Jesus came. Jesus would not have had to come if there was not a sin problem. And so the miracle of Christmas is that, Herod couldn't stop Jesus. Political things couldn't stop Jesus. Long travels on a donkey for Mary couldn't stop Jesus. And sin doesn't stop Him either. The only thing it does is it moves Him out of our life to where we can't hear Him clearly. And so what He does is He gives us a way through Calvary. He gave us a way that we could deal with the sin in our life. That we can say, God, I'm a sinner. I have sinned. I've done things that I know that you didn't want me to do. I know that I've done things that are not pleasing to you. And they disappoint you. They go against your word. Oh, there's another one. We try to ignore the word. It's easier to just not read it. It's easier to just, well, I heard, you know, I think in the good book it says, oh, no. No, do you know what sometimes people say is in the good book is not in the good book? And sometimes they misquote what they say the good book says. <laughs> so this is what I, I would challenge you is find out what it actually says for you. Because if you want to know what's pleasing and not pleasing to God, it's right here in His Word. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to please God. Guess what? You you can. You just have to read the word. And even when you're reading, you might be reading so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and you're like, I don't understand why this is... Even in your monotonous reading, sometimes, of the lesser desired parts of the Scripture that you may feel, God can speak to you. Why? Because you are open to hearing from Him. You set aside time in your day to hear from Him. And when you do that, you begin to find out what sin is, what, what's right and what's wrong in your life. You begin to get convicted. You, you then have a choice to either continue on in your sin or deal with your sin. And thank God we can deal with our sin. Through repentance, we can ask him to forgive us. We can say, God, I, I have sinned. I've done these things that I know are not pleasing to you. And we can turn from those sins, turn from our desires and our selfish ambitions, and we can say, God, I want what you want for my life. The fancy word is repentance. It means an about face. We turn completely around. We do a 180. I was going this direction. Now I'm going this direction. I'm going God's direction. I want, I want to be who He wants me to be. We repent. And then uh, the Scripture says if we want to deal with our sins, we can do something else. We can be baptized. We can surrender ourselves to be baptized in the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the washing away of all of those sins. And what happens when we're baptized is the blood of Jesus washes our sins away, and we take on the name of Jesus in our lives. And now, He didn't leave us powerless, but He will give us His Spirit. He will fill us with the Holy Ghost. He'll fill us with His Spirit. And what happens when we receive His Spirit is we begin to speak in a language that we never learned before. We didn't learn it from our parents. We didn't learn it at school. But God enables us to speak this language as we receive His Spirit for the very first time. And and this is an awesome thing because it's not good enough to just have your sins washed away. Now you need power to live above sin. And that's what the power of Jesus' Spirit will do in your life. And this is the incredible thing that I want to share as we get ready to close. The miracle of Christmas is that Herod couldn't stop Jesus. Sin couldn't stop Jesus. Politics couldn't stop Jesus. They didn't have social media, but if they did, it wouldn't have stopped him either. I just I wish you could understand what Jesus is trying to speak into your life today. There has got to be somebody that says, you know what? I will have the courage to move forward because with Jesus, nothing can stop me. I know that there are things coming against me. There are things coming against my family. There are things, and you know, there are things that even come against this church. But guess what? With Jesus, all things are possible. With Jesus, uh, we got kind of our ace in the hole, so to speak. we're, We're okay because we know who we serve. We're okay because we understand greater is He that is in us. Greater is He than any problem, than any situation, than any sin. And despite all of the difficult circumstances that come our way, nothing can separate you from God's love. You may thumb your nose at God and do what you want to do for a time. But let me tell you, God still loves you. You you might walk away from God and and start doing all these things that you know. Well, I know God wouldn't approve. You you can ask my, my father, you can ask Elder Dumit. He would go, he'd be in a bar drinking and somebody would come sit down and they'd start talking about, you know, well... I went to church the other day, and they'd start talking about different things, and he'd set them straight because he knew what was right. It'd sober you up to know that God still loves you. It would would sober you up if you realized that because you have the name of Jesus named on your life, you're really supposed to be moving in His direction. You might choose to go your own direction. You might choose to thumb your nose at God. You can walk away from his grace, his mercy, and his love, but he won't stop loving you. And he won't stop pursuing you. And I'm going I'm to give all of you a, a, a gift today. It's a special gift. It's just a simple gift. It's a simple prayer. Some of you are not going to like this gift. It's going to be like opening up clothes when you were expecting a toy. Okay? It's not what you wanted, but it's what you needed. Here's the prayer. God, I pray for each and every person here that it's not right and they're not moving in your direction. I pray, God, that you continue to pursue them and work on them. And God, do whatever you have to do. Make them miserable until they surrender their life to you. Because then, and only then, God, can they truly have life and that more abundantly. And then they can really live life to the fullest whenever they are surrendered to you. So God, if they're here today and they've already made up their mind, they're going to walk away from you. Make them miserable, please, for Christmas in Jesus' name. And there's your gift. That's it. Man, I was hoping the pastor would pray and I would get all kind of Financial blessings for Christmas. I was hoping he'd pray and I'd get a new car. Maybe a new job. And he prayed for me to be miserable. What's wrong with that guy? I'm never going back to that church. It's all right. The prayer's already been prayed. Can't take it back now. He's going to pursue you. And if Herod couldn't stop him, Neither can you. He's still coming after you. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're away. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be God's for goodness sake. You got to, you got to, come on now. You got to give God what belongs to him. He loves you he gave his life for you he came to be one of us so he could redeem you nothing could stop him that's the miracle the miracle is that you can't hold him back with your insecurity you can't hold him back with your sin and your failure you can't hold him back with your messed up life he said i know where you are and i'm coming after you would you stand with me today the miracle of christmas is that nothing stops jesus Amen. The world may try whatever they can. Government may try whatever it can. Your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers. They may do whatever they can, but nothing can stop Jesus. If you're dealing with an illness in your body, I tell you, nothing can stop Jesus. If you've got a financial miracle that you need, I tell you, nothing can stop Jesus. If you don't know how it's going to work out, I've got to tell somebody in this place today, nothing stops Jesus. Amen. And if we'll listen, he will speak. Jesus, in this place, there are those that are hungry. They're hungry for a change. They're getting ready to move into this last week uh, and a half of this year, God. And they're ready for a change. They're ready for things to be different. And I pray, God, that you would give them the courage and the strength to step out today to make their move towards you. And God, to surrender everything to you because you are pursuing them in love. And God, we give you glory and praise because you're going to do it today. Even if it's just one life, you're going to change them today. You're going to give them that peace that they've been longing for. You're going to give them that courage that they've been looking for, God. You're going to do it today. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, this altar's open. I challenge you. Amen. If nothing can stop Jesus, nothing should stop you. You ought to step out of your seat, walk down to this altar, lift up your hands and say, God, nothing stops you. I receive what you have for me in my life today.